What's up, everybody? It's the Roundtable Sports Podcast. My name is Taylor McLean, and today I wanted to take a look at the Chicago Bears win over the Cincinnati Bengals. Admittedly, I've been giving both these teams the side eye for some time, and it's partly because they have two of my favorite quarterback prospects to come around in some time. I really like the way that Joe Burrow looked last year before his injury. And I like the way he was distributing the ball around and getting the ball out and just being a professional quarterback in the face of a not very good line. And while I thought Riley Reef and another year of development for Jonah Williams would really help things, it's still absolutely a concern. And then, of course, the Chicago Bears have been hiding one of my favorite prospects to come in in this year's draft class. And it's a prospect that should give Chicago Bears fans some hope with Justin Fields. So when I saw on the red zone that Andy pulled up lame on one of his runs in the second possession of the game, and to be fair, they were two really nice runs and Andy had thrown a touchdown to my man, Allen Robinson before that. So not having a bad outing to start. And then he's going out of bounds and kind of makes a juke. And it looked like a non-contact knee situation. And I'm glad that I waited to get to this game a little bit. Cause normally with Justin coming in, I probably would have been one of my first or second games, but I'm glad I waited because the news came out that Andy, in fact, is not going to start and it is going to be Justin Fields as the starter. Although Matt Nagy went out of his way to say that if Andy was fully healthy, that he would be the starter. And for whatever reason, this organization has shown a real loyalty to Andy Dalton, even though they don't really owe him anything other than I guess they probably gave him their word that they were going to try and start him for a time, but it looked like something worse than what they're calling it a bone bruise. And I've seen bone bruises keep people out for multiple weeks. And I think that that's what Justin needs to get things off the ground for his starting campaign. I drafted the Bears over the offseason like Justin would eventually be the starter, and I do believe that'll still be the case. I was looking at the matchup that Justin will get in next week's game, and it's the Browns and then the Lions. I think he'll be able to get off against the Lions, obviously, a little bit better than at the Browns. But the fact that Andy can't go in in this next game and they have to lean on Justin definitely gives him the window that we've been looking for. And I think it's the window that really the bears have been looking for as well, but for whatever reason, they think that Andy gives them a better chance to win when they're out there on the field. I'm, if you've listened to me at all at any time, you know that I'm not super stoked on Andy Dalton's arm strength. And I think that it really limits an offense, especially one that's as, dependent on as rudimentary things as the run. But with Justin, it can be a lot more. And obviously, you love the physical tools. He is one of the fastest wrecks in the league and can start and stop, can make jukes. 
and use his speed to get the edge. And I love what he brings to the field as a runner, not only to get yards when the defense you know gives it to him, but also to extend the play and give his receivers more time to get downfield and to get open, as well as evade rushers that have gotten away from their offensive linemen that are trying to block them or away from a free rusher because he's always one juke or one explosive burst with his legs away from getting away from that person and extending the play and allowing the receivers to either get deeper or more open or whatever it is. And then his arm strength is not limited like Andy's and he's able to throw the ball down the field and hit receivers and bring something dynamic to this offense in a similar way to what Deshaun Watson brings or brought, I guess it was, to the Houston Texans last year. It's a similar situation in that the line is definitely not anything to write home about. They've been working on making it better, but it's still not a great pass-blocking situation. Kind of like when Carson Wentz versus Jalen Hurts last year, Carson Wentz couldn't get away from the pass rush. They weren't able to create pockets for him, and the offense collapsed, whereas Jalen could get away from those rushers and create more and give his offense a chance to create points. I think Justin's going to work in the same way. Not only do I like the speed and I like the way he's running the ball and running away from pressure, I like the way that the ball comes out of his hand. I like the arm strength that he throws it with. He still needs some work on his accuracy for sure. And the pocket passing aspect of playing NFL quarterback is something you need to develop over time. And Justin can do that. He has the arm strength to have upside there, but you have to have the physical tools to get by in the meantime. And obviously from what we've been talking about here with his legs and his arm, I like what Justin is able to bring to the table in the meantime, while he's develops those skills and while he matures as a quarterback. And then in the meantime, he can bring more to the offense and open up rushing lanes for David Montgomery that wouldn't otherwise be there and weren't there today, even though Justin got a pretty good amount of plays, it was still a disjointed effort where the offense wasn't really pushed to any sort of limit because they were up literally the whole time. Andy did lead the bears down the field to a touchdown and it was a nice play to Allen Robinson. And I, you know, he made a nice play on it. It was a good throw by Andy And it was a good drive, no doubt, but those are going to be few and far between. And Andy doesn't have the ability to uplift your team like Justin Fields does. Andy isn't the future. We all know that too. Justin is. I know their jobs are on the line, but I think they're putting their jobs more on the line by not starting Justin Fields and showing too much faith in Andy Dalton because I don't think it's going to result in enough wins to save them. And then even if they don't win enough to like hit the playoffs or whatever the bar is that they've got to get over to keep their job, if they're able to show progress and show that they have chemistry with Justin and they're going to be able to get the most out of him as of anybody, the Chicago Bears are likely to keep him if they'll just make Justin look good and make the team look as good as they possibly can around him 
he's going to make rookie mistakes and there's going to be times where the defense fools him. They got him on the interception, even though it was a good play. It was still a rough throw and there's going to be times where he does stuff like that. But from the physical aspects of it, you, you absolutely see the arm strength, the legs, the speed, the way he's able to throw the balls to the edges of the defense, all of those things are transferring over. And in the rookie year, that's what you want to see is you want to see flashes of what he could be. And you take the lumps with everything else. And with Justin, I think there's going to be way more positive than negative. And I think he's going to add elements to the Chicago bears offense that they absolutely lack without him. I mean, Allen's a good receiver, no doubt. And I love the way that he runs routes and catches the ball for his quarterback, but he's not a receiver that's going to be able to carry this offense. And I don't think David Montgomery is at that talent level either, where they're just going to be able to ride behind him in a Derrick Henry type way. So with that, and then with a line that's not really capable of creating pockets that Andy Dalton's going to be able to get off in, I think it's going to be a better situation to extend plays with Justin and focus things around him rather than trying to stick Justin into an offense where Andy Dalton can barely throw it 10 yards down the field with any sort of pop. Obviously for fantasy purposes, this is something that I've been going for for some time. I drafted Justin in a ton of my best ball leagues as my second quarterback, because I believe the upside on what he can bring on the field is just tremendous. Rushing yards are invaluable for a quarterback in fantasy football. And even though he didn't really get off that well in the passing game today, he showed you a little bit of what he can bring on the rushing side. And you saw that he is that fast. He can get to the edges. He can avoid hits, which is going to be key for a quarterback that's going to run the ball. And then he does have people around him. I do think he is tailor-made for Allen Robinson and his ability to be a big-time possession receiver, his security blanket, the guy that can go get up and get balls and make plays for his quarterback when the ball isn't quite right on the line. Allen has all of those abilities for Justin, and if Justin can fulfill his potential, will be the best quarterback that Allen has ever played with. So. I'm high on both of them, and the fact that they get their debut in week three does make me feel good. I was a little worried, and I'm still a little worried based on everything they kind of keep telegraphing about Andy Dalton and getting him in there that unless Justin Fields really shows something in this next game or probably even the next game because even a bone bruise, if that's all it is for Andy Dalton, is usually at least a two-week situation. And not having the ability to run around doesn't make Andy Dalton any better. He had a couple of nice runs today. And being a statue in the pocket, just because you're Andy Dalton and you make decent decisions, you're still going to ha- not going to have the ability to push the ball down the field. The defense is going to get after him, and it's going to be a complete disaster, and you're going to blow a game to the freaking Lions. So get over it. This is a Justin Herbert situation, I'm hoping that Justin Fields can take advantage in the same way that Justin did when Tyrod had his unfortunate injury, which is also unfortunate that he got injured again because I really liked the way that he looked. 
when he was out there for the Houston Texans. But it was obvious from the get-go that Justin Herbert had that something special with his arm talent and what he had going on there. And while we've already seen flashes of it from Justin in his limited time in the regular season and, and in the preseason as well, does seem like he's going to have to get off a little bit versus a tough Cleveland Browns defense that has a lot of their eggs in the front seven basket. And that's a problem when your offensive line isn't good really in that many phases of the game. They were able to open up some holes in the first game and David Montgomery had a little bit of more room during that time, but the room wasn't there today. David was kind of running into a brick wall and I don't really consider the Cincinnati Bengals to be a brick wall, although they do have some beef there and the front seven had a good game. So they earned it and the like, but still I don't consider them to be a top flight unit defensively yet. And David Montgomery not being able to do more with his 20 touches in the running game and three touches in the passing game. The fact that we're talking about 79 yards there isn't all that encouraging. And once again, I don't think Andy Dalton's going to add to that. I think that people worrying about Justin Fields running the ball is going to be a much bigger concern. And I got to think it opens up the read options. I just don't feel like on this day that they were really all that comfortable letting Justin really let it go. They had the lead the whole time and they kind of played from in front. And really the fact that the Bengals were able to get it this close is just a testament to Joe and those receivers. But really the biggest thing I saw in those moments was they were really careful with Justin. They didn't really let him let it go all that too often. And when he did, I, and was successful, it looked good. And I liked the way the ball was coming out of his hand. And he did target Allen, especially on a deep ball into the end zone that I was close. A lot of the misses were close. I just like that he has more arm strength. Plus, he's got all these different dynamic elements to his game that the Chicago Bears just lack. They just don't have it without him. And the fact that they think Andy Dalton is going to get them anywhere, that they're going to be able to ride their defense to that extent is foolhardy. And I think that's one of the reasons that Matt Nagy has got himself into this position in the first place. So he better thank his lucky stars that he got Justin and that now he's being forced to this situation. And like I said, while it wasn't great output today, and while I'm probably not going to start him in anywhere that I don't have to, I'm excited to see what he can bring in a full game where they're planning around him and they run plays for him versus the Chan Gailey-esque stuff that they were doing last night where they were calling all this short stuff and they were running too much and they were just playing, you know, scared. And I get it. They lost their quarterback in the middle of the game, but still the whole situation just makes me a little angry. And I guess it's because I've been watching everything so closely and I rode the Andy Dalton experience last year. And I just want to see what Justin can do. And I don't think that the brand of football that Andy's going to bring to them, I don't think they're good enough on any phase of the team to be able to go into their shell to that point and think they're going to get anywhere. Cause I like David Montgomery. He's got a great opportunity. They didn't really run Damian Harris all that much. 
Damian got in there for 15 plays, ran eight routes and got two carries. I mean, it wasn't anything to be threatened by. David was out in routes as well, got 22 routes and, of course, the 20 runs. Maybe if Jason Peters is able to solidify things a little bit for Justin and the running game, and then Justin kind of adds that extra time for the receivers to get open and is able to throw it over the top of the defense because they've been sucked in a little bit by David and by Justin running the ball, I think that's got a better chance. And I'm definitely holding David at this point, despite the lower output. Obviously, the usage is exactly what you want, and you just got to hope that the offense is able to give him more scoring opportunities and a little bit extra room to run. And that's what we're hoping Justin brings for him, for Allen, for Mooney, the whole thing. I have been a little disturbed for Allen that he hasn't been more of a target hog like he was last year. I know that we've been dealing with different quarterbacks, but he is still the best thing that they have going at wide receiver, even though Darnell Mooney is just fine. And I like that he's been catching the ball. And I like that Allen has somebody on the other side of him that actually threatens them somewhat. It's still not an optimal situation for Allen, but he still needs to get more targets. And I think those targets are going to come further down the field with Justin. And I was encouraged that he was targeting Allen. It just didn't hook up as much during the face of the game while they were playing it more conservative. And they just missed on that touchdown throw, like I said. So count me encouraged, count me excited. And definitely bet on me watching this situation with bated breath and hoping that Justin is able to play better in the next game because the the throws weren't all there. There was definitely a lot of pressure, and it's just the Cincinnati Bengals. They're probably a little better right now than they were last year on defense. And like I said, I didn't like the way that they adjusted things to Justin once he was in there, but also don't think the Bears are bad schematically as far as the way they play. And once Justin is in there and the, the defense gets worried about him more, that will open everything else up for the rest of the weapons there. And I think everything will be a little bit more right. And hopefully Justin will have enough time to spread his wings where no matter what Andy does, you know, injury wise, he's not back in there. He's backing Justin up like he was always supposed to be. So let's move over to the Cincinnati Bengals and definitely a discouraging loss as far as the Bengals go. I was hoping that the protection and the offensive line would be a little bit improved from last year. I was hoping that Jonah Williams might take a next step and that adding Riley Reef would seal things up on the edges and allow them to play better overall. So far, Not great on the returns there, especially in the Jonah Williams portion of it, which is super discouraging since they're counting on him to cover Joe Burrow's backside and protect his surgically prepared knee. And then, of course, Xavier Suofilo didn't play all that great. And then he's also out in his day-to-day, and it looks like they're going to have to bring in Jackson Carmen, the second-round rookie, If that is the case, not a great sign for next week when the Steelers have been really good at rushing the passer, even though they might be without TJ Watt. 
And while Riley Reef has been better than what they got at right tackle last year, the interior outside of the center is still kind of a mess. And it's just leading to a lot of pressure and Joe Burrow still having to do the same things he did last year. They've been trying to protect him running the ball a good deal with Joe Mixon. It wasn't incredibly successful with Mixon only able to get 69 yards. I wouldn't run away from Mixon at all. He looks good. He looks fast out there. And with the volume, there's going to be times where they're able to get him closer to the red zone and get him in there. And then, like I said, with the way he looks athletically, he looks plenty fast. He's making moves. He's able to catch the ball and be in there for long stretches of time. P. Ryan is his only competition, and he is a big downgrade from Joe Mixon. So while I'm still tepid about Joe and I still worry about his ability to stay healthy based on what he's done the last couple of years, it is encouraging to see him running it so much and be so involved. And I think that stems from trying to take the pressure off of Joe because, you know, he is recovering from the injury. It's smart football to do that. And with the line not able to pass protect in a big way, it makes sense to try and get the defense off balance, run play action, and use these awesome receivers to your benefit. And Joe, you know, despite everything here and despite the picks and all that, I mean, it hasn't looked all too different from what he was last year. It's really hard to see him throw those picks nearly in succession there. And I know that's not optimal. And some of the throws have been a little off there. But I also think a little rust coming off of what he came off of, plus all the pressure the Bears were able to bring with their front seven, I definitely can see and apologize for Joe on that end, especially when I see the flash plays that he's still making and when it doesn't look all that dissimilar from last year because the rush is still there and he's having to make it work and get away from people and, you know, hit his receivers in tight windows and he's doing those things. I don't think that anybody was really counting on Joe to be their QB one. Maybe you're a little concerned for his fantasy outlook if he's your QB2 in a super flex league, but I still see flashes of what Joe is. And I think once he you know gets his legs underneath him, and I think if they're able to get some sort of protection for him, then things will be fine here. It's just a question if they can. I mean, it really hasn't been all that improved a situation despite Riley Reef there because it just hasn't happened for Jonah. And then they just aren't all that better at the guard position either. Suofilo has moments for sure, but he's kind of a replacement level player. A lot of talk about whether they should have drafted Panay Sewell instead of Jamar Chase, right? The good thing is Jamar Chase has looked really good. I guess you might could credit him with a drop maybe, but that was a really tough, tough throw to catch and, I got to say one of the better plays I saw from a wide receiver when I've been watching these games is his coming back for the ball on the big touchdown. It was kind of underthrown and Chase just made this beautiful move to catch it and then break through both of them. Steelers next week are going to be a tough matchup and that may lead to lower totals overall for the passing game, but I've liked the way that Jamar looks. It's just unfortunate that they couldn't also 
get in there and protect Joe as well. Maybe Carmen brings it. Maybe he's a gamer rather than what they've been seeing at practice because they've been seeing other things. He'd probably already be in there. I also really like the way that T Higgins has looked. Now he left with an arm injury during the game and he did come back and score a touchdown where he bodied the receiver in a big way. And he's got the right amount of speed and the right amount of size to be really dangerous for NFL defenses. So hopefully he's able to get in there He didn't practice today. I think that was the plan. I like the way that with Tyler Boyd in there with both of them, it does create a really dangerous wide receiver trio. It's unfortunate that they haven't had the time to really be able to work that trio as much as you would like, even though, Jamar isn't having any problem getting going and T has two touchdowns and Tyler looks like what we expected, but I had bigger things in mind when I felt like there could be some growth from their younger players. And then you add Riley reef on top. It just hasn't been that way yet. And it's a concern overall for the way they're picking their players and the coaching staff itself. Hopefully they can use their weapons to their advantage I mean, with those three and Joe Mixon, doesn't get a lot better than that with your skill position players, which puts all the more emphasis on this line playing better and protecting Joe Burrow for your future. Still looks like he's the future to me. I still love the way T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, and Tyler Boyd looks. Nothing has changed on that lane, and hopefully the Bengals can keep Joe Burrow upright with some short passing and hopefully they get more out of the running game too. Cause Chicago is stout up the middle and Roquan Smith. I mean, he's turned into something that I like a lot. And obviously the pick six that he had was a big game changer for them in this game, but it's also what he offers in the running game. And then it's Akeem Hicks, Eddie Goldman and the rest of them up the middle that, you know, make this a bad matchup for a team that wants to run the ball and then also has offensive line issues, especially on the edge when you're able to put Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn out there. So I get that it's a tough matchup for the Bengals, but still, this is the fear we had, Cincinnati Bengals fans. What can the Bengals do with what they have now? That's the question. We'll see how it continues with the possible TJ Wattless Steelers. Still don't know how that's going to turn out, but that's a tough matchup for a team that's had the issues that the Bengals have had. Well, that's what I've got for this game. I'll be watching these teams very closely going forward to see what happens here. I appreciate your time. Definitely download the podcast if you haven't already. That lets me know that you're here and listening. And have a great rest of your day.